I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Des Bishop podcast. It's great to be back. Greetings from Queens, New York. Oakland Gardens, Queens, to be exact, if anyone feels like Google mapping that. Uh, we got a great chat coming up with Jessica Delfino, good buddy of mine, New York comedian, but more recently, New York mom. And I saw a post she put up a while ago. She has a blog on medium.com. Um, and she put a post up about the difficulties of being a mom. I knew she had a, well, you know, time goes so fast as you get older. I thought she had like a six month old. It turns out she has a 16 month old. That's how fast time flies. But I found the the blog post really interesting, the frustrations of being a mom. Uh, Being 42 and no kids of my own, I have watched and listened to a lot of my friends go through uh, similar experiences over the last while, uh, particularly lately. And uh, I was just, I just found it pretty interesting. I thought it'd be a good chat. And I was looking to get another chat back going because as people know that listen to this podcast, I have a procrastination problem. So I immediately took the initiative and contacted Jessica. Luckily, she was able to chat to me. Uh, We chatted two days ago. And it's really interesting about the anxieties of being a mom, uh, frustrations of being a mother in New York City, uh, you know, being a modern mother. And, you know, she doubts herself like a lot. And, uh, you know, just from her blog post, I felt like, most new moms that I've spoken to over the last while express similar concerns, fears, mom shaming, all these things that they talk about. So I thought it'd be great to chat to Jessica about that, particularly because she's right in the middle of it all. So anyway, this is my chat with Jessica Delfino, uh, inspired by her blog post, Am I a Shitty Mom? <laughs> I think we're both, we both have the sniffles. Yeah, it's really annoying. Uh, my, no. my baby gave me a cold, which is really weird because I thought that I was stronger than baby germs, but apparently I'm not. I'm not even fucking strong enough. It's the same germs. Well, bu- that's bullshit. The baby should have like smaller, m- weaker germs because they're a baby. No, but they're just picking up the germs. But that's bullshit. Then the baby has the same cold as me right now. That's like fucked. It's the same cold. That's not fair. It's just the common cold. A baby can take it. Well, nature's a dick. Absolutely. <laughs> so Jessica Delfino, uh, I mean, we, we immediately started talking about your child, which is kind of why I contacted you. Although it's nice to catch up anyway. It is. It's nice to have a reason to catch up too. Yes. Sometimes it's, it's stupid to be like, let's hang out. And then you have no reason to. Well, I'm moving around the corner next month, so it may become more frequent. Yeah, that'll you, be good. You may end up leaning on me for like, listen, I got to run out. Can you? You know, you're probably not like in the top. 10 people I would think of if I were like, I got it. I got to have, know. When you I'm do never the corner. know. That's true. That's true. I just wouldn't be like, you know, who'd be a great, who'd be really into babysitting. I'm a good be, babysitter, man. But I just wouldn't think that because, you know, comedians don't, they, they don't seem like the baby trusting type. You know what yeah, I mean? I get they, that. But when you're 42 and you don't have kids. Yeah. 
you get to sort of get your dad on, you know? Yeah. Temporarily. Well, that's nice. And I trust you and I like you. And I need a reminder every now and then that I haven't made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And that you know you can keep a baby alive if you need to, if you're under pressure. I've done a lot of babysitting. Oh, yeah? I mean, I have two nephews. Tell me about your resume. My my resume of (laughs) babysitting? I've... I have five godchildren. I have a god. I have a god family. That's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. That's the problem when you're like a fun. I guess you could say successful man with a lot of friends. Yeah. You get up high on the on the godfather list. list. Wow. You're a godfather. Did you do godparents? Um, I did not. I don't think we have godparents. I think we just have other people who will hang if shit hits the f- I, I mean we're at this point you know we're on our own we don't there's no god involved yeah i get that yeah i mean i had to renounce satan five times for all these christenings <laughs> which just gets like sillier and sillier as it goes along but i do like that like because the term godfather has sort of outlived its purpose yeah you know like you're not involved in the religious upbringing of the child i'm catholic while well, my family is so yeah. i think that there should have been a godfather in there somewhere but it well, just never happened for me. I mean, I would like to think all my godchildren were baptized. Isn't that a soap opera? All my godchildren? All my godchildren. <laughs> <laughs> all my godchildren. It's a, uh, yeah, it's that a That should Catholic. be your next solo it's show. A, all well, my funnily enough, just complete aside. Okay. Susan Lucci is very Catholic. Okay. And I, uh, we used to see her all the time at church in West Hampton. She oh. always goes to mass on a Sunday. Still to this Good day, I have some spies who told me that she still goes. Nice. And uh, anyway, she was a star in All My Children. By the way, most of these listeners are Irish. Okay. So they're <laughs> not going to know All My Children. I like the But Irish. anyway. Uh, I was just watching uh, Gangs of New York last night. And you live near the Five and Points. And I live in the Five Points. Yeah. Oh, is this officially considered? It's, yeah, it's like right, yeah. Right it's, around the corner. It's right here. Like Center Street was one of the corners of it, right? P- uh, Pell Street, right, right, right over here. Yeah. Yeah. There's all these plaques everywhere that kind of show you. I know. I co- coincidentally, I just looked it up recently. Yeah. I don't cool. know why. I think I, I think I found myself. I can hang with the Irish. I love the Irish. I love Ireland. Yeah, I know you've been there uh, many times. But, but just, just to complete the point. Okay. About godparents. And Susan Lucci. Well, no, I think that even I, 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 I nearly was married before. We were not going to get married. I thought married. you were married. No, I'm no. not married. I mean, I thought you were at one time. No, no, married. I was engaged. We didn't okay. get married, but we were not going to get married in a church and we were not going to baptize our kids. But I would still probably pick godparents just because I, I feel the term has outlived its religious connotations. Yeah. And also, it's, it's, it's like a nice, fun. it's a nice, like I've always enjoyed uh, being, you know, being asked yeah. and being a godfather. Like I have a... It's kind of an honor. I'm a pretty good godfather in the sense that I've, I'm involved with all Are my... you? Yeah, but I don't get gifts all the time because like, like five godkids is just too much. It's a lot of, it's a lot of godkids. Yeah. It's almost like big brother, big sister in a way, you know? Like the charity? Well, yeah, you know, big brother, big sister. It's like the, the, the person goes over to their house and like helps them with their homework or whatever. Oh, that, yeah, I don't do that. I mean, I just, you know, I'm just around at the right you're, time. You're so. less than a big... Brother, big sister. Well, my, my brother's, my, my nephew is one of them. My first one is now 18 years old. Whoa. Yeah. So, I taught so him how you, to drive. Do you technically not have to take care of him anymore? But I taught him how to drive. Okay. I just gave him 100 euros for Christmas for the last time wow. I was back in Ireland. Uncle Des. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Damn. that's another thing. The uncle term has started to get broadly used. Have you noticed that? Uh, a little more so, but I do like the way that the Chinese use it in terms of like your elder. True, true. Uncle, yeah, I think that's really cool. 
Yeah, but it, but here it has a different meaning, so it is kind of weird. Like when suddenly it's like all your friends call you like Uncle Des around the kids, and it's yeah. like, yo, I'm not taking on the uncle responsibilities. <laughs> is there but more of a responsibility to be an uncle than there is a godfather? No, no, I, I, I think a godfather and an uncle end up assuming similar roles. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Except uncles have a, be- a worse reputation. Y- uncles get like... Uh, like they're often accused of doing things like touching and things oh like i that know which is terrible how suddenly that became a thing but yeah. I, I think statistically godfathers I, touch more than uncles no but i think statistically uh, in terms of abuse of children or molestation yeah there is a high percentage of people that are connected to the family and i think that's a i think that's like a real shit you're a shit re- relationship you. I mean, yeah but you, yeah but, but yeah but i'm saying like i i, I think probably if you look statistically, there might be a higher instance of uncles, but yeah. just in terms of the fact that, you know. We'll have to Google. Yeah, Google that. But th- that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I'm sure these are things you worry about nowadays. Oh, my God. All the time. I, I now that I am a parent, I had a baby in August. Yeah, well, that's why I, I read. So you have a blog, yeah. right? Which I hadn't been reading, but then you you, you, you did something for Medium.com, is that it? I started a blog on Medium, yeah. Oh, and so sorry, the blog is on Medium. But yeah. I just happened to see a Facebook post the other day. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, I think the headline was like, it's just tough being a mom, or I'm not a perfect, or am yeah, I it's a perfect? Yeah, I'm a shitty mom, I think. Or oh, am yeah. I I'm a, sh- am I a shitty mom? Yes. Yeah. So the headline grabbed me, so I had to read. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad to know. <laughs> and yeah, like, not only are you a shitty mom, but your shitty child has given you a cold. Is that a tickly cough? <coughs> is that what they would call that? Yeah, it just like kind of popped out into nowhere and started. <coughs> it happened to me when I was on the BBC World Service for the first time. I couldn't believe it of all the times. Oh my God, how humiliating. Oh God, I was so, and it was like really tight interview. Like we only had these little, these tiny windows between like news about refugee. It was and like you a spent the whole time coughing. <laughs> one of the times, one of the times it came back to me, I got stuck in like a cold. Mm. So embarrassing. Oh, that's annoying. Yes. So anyway, while you're sipping away there, so uh, am I a shitty mom? Definitely grab me. Yeah. And because, well, for some reason I've taken in the, these, these types of stories over the last while and then I talk to some of my friends who just struggle with being a mom. Cause I, like I, anyway, I'm only talking so much now because you're still drinking, but I, I do think it's harder to be a mom now than perhaps in the past and I'll explain why I think that. But Okay. What, I what, might agree. What were you... Uh, what, what possessed you to title it, Am I a Shitty Mom? Like, what was going on in your mind? Well, my baby got sick. He got, a, a, like, a stomach virus, and he was throwing up every day for, like, a week. Oh, and like then after week. that, he got a cold. So for two weeks straight, he's been just, like, throwing up and, like, coughing. And, and I, I was like, what did I do? You know, like... I think to myself, I'm doing fun stuff. I'm taking him to the library. We're going to classes. Meanwhile, I'm like infecting him with with viruses, you know. And <clears throat> and I I try to do things for him that I think are good and helpful, but they always end up backfiring. I mean, it could be a sitcom, except it's it's more sad than funny. But has anybody said that the only thing that you did was have him? Because at the end of the day, humans pick up stuff. You can't protect them from everything? Well, you can't protect them from barely anything is the sad part of it. You know, like I think to myself, oh, I'm going to be a great mom and I'm going to do this and that. But so much of it is out of my control. Mm. And it's really scary when you, I mean, there's so much stuff I didn't even think about before he came along. Because how can you? You don't know. You don't have the experience or even if you read. I mean, I read a ton of stuff. I talked to friends. I talked to my mom. My sisters have kids. 
but nothing really prepared me. I remember at one point my sister, my mom was like, maybe not kids for you so much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, I can handle this. Uh, did she tell you why she thought that? Well, you know, I, I was a little on the older side, you know, yeah. like I had, I had Wyatt when I was 40 and, uh, I think I was 40 or 39 and, um, and she was just, you know, she, she knew that she had me when she was 18 and she was like, you kind of have to have kids when you're young and dumb, you know, cause, cause if, as you get older and smarter, then you like, you, you know too much, you know? Yeah. And I've said that to people actually, I know too much. But I've, I've been joking. Yeah, well, you've been serious, though, too. You know, there's like a little truth in that joke because uh, now that I know what I know, uh, I actually, uh, at like, I think a week after the baby was born, he was born C-section, too, which, like, kind of complicates things, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't sit up. I was on, like, morphine in the hospital, then codeine. Um, I was kind of in this, like, weird cloud, and I got, like, postpartum depression, and everything got, like, really kind of crazy emotionally. So a week after he was born, I went to the emergency room. And I, there, there was really nothing kind of wrong, but I was just like panicking. I was like freaking out. And I was like, I, I got to go. I got to go. And I just like ran away. And Alex was like, where are you going? And I was like, I, I got to go to the hospital. And I went to the emergency room. The guy across from me was handcuffed to the bed, <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting in there just like crying. My friend, my sweet friend, the comedian who, you know, Jenna Friedman came to visit me. In also, the, in she's been on the podcast. <laughs> she's so funny. She came in. She looked around. She saw the guy handcuffed to the bed. She was like, you okay? Good. All right. I'm, I'm going to go. And she like took off, went and bought some hand sanitizer. And she did come back. She's, she's a, a, a sweet, sweet girl and a good friend. But um, <laughs> she, she and I were chatting. And I was just, <clears throat> at one point, <clears throat> I turned to her, tears in my eyes. And I said, Jenna, whatever you do, don't have children. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, you know, kind of upset her a little bit. She was just like, don't, don't even come at me, you know, with that bullshit. Oh, that's unfortunate because I was going to see if Jenna wanted to do like a shared parenting thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a co-parenting, like, uh, you know, 50% of the time I'll look after 50% oh, of yeah, the time. Oh, yeah, like a, like a dog kind of. Yeah, like I mean, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, but I, I think we actually, I think we may have joked about that. I've, I've joked about it with many, uh, many women. It's that not are a terrible idea. I mean... You know, being a single parent is, I can't imagine how hard that is. Oh, I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm one half of a, you know, duo what of parents. So anyway, so you're in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm in the hospital and this, the doctor came over to me. She was like kind of a tired looking woman, you know, about my age. And she's like, what's going on here? And I said, I don't know. I'm just scared. And I feel like shit and I have pain everywhere. And she was like, you just had a baby. And I was like, I know, but I don't, I, should I feel this fucked up? And she was like, listen, I had a baby a year ago. And I was like, you did? And she was like, yeah. And I had a C-section. And I was like, you did? You know, like I was just so happy to be able to kind of, this woman, she was a doctor. She was a successful person, you know, like working this job. I, I couldn't imagine doing what she did every day, even now, you know, and she was doing this like a year after having a baby. So that was very encouraging. I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll bounce back. But, but there's, there's, there seems to be better awareness about postpartum depression, how difficult it is immediately after you have a child. I think there is some awareness, but it's not, it had never been in my peripheral because again, I just wasn't, I guess, you know, as you're, if you're like floating through life, a dirty folk rocker, flying around, doing comedy shows, I don't know, it just never kind of came into my like zone, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never like, 
Oh yeah, postpartum depression. I gotta Google that. You know, like it just. Not that I think being aware of it would have made anything different. Yeah. Like I don't think have? when you're in, yeah. I I wonder in your, if you're in the middle of something, do you go, oh, I think I have oh, this postpartum is, depression. Well, maybe you go. I heard about this, and this is this is somewhat normal, right. which is actually what I did end up doing, and I kind of was able to talk myself down, you know, because I was like freaking out, like crying all the time, just like really bummed out and in pain and. You know, I couldn't really sit up because I had this, you know, like surgery and and I was just like, oh, yeah, like this is post. This must be what they're talking about when they say, you know, the postpartum depression, because baby, they, they say a lot of people have baby blues where you just get like a little bummed out after having a baby. And postpartum depression is like a little bit more intense. I actually talked to one woman who had postpartum psychosis, which is something you can get. Which is what? Like you want to murder people? It's where you people? lose your goddamn mind. Like, I mean, I like, I lost like, you know, my, my like sense of self and I was like bummed out. But some people legitimately go insane from having babies. Um, like, for example, this particular woman was dunking the baby underwater, constantly uh, baptizing him because she thought that he was Christ. Oh, so that is, yeah, that's like. That's. Some well, the Christ stuff always seems to kick in full on. Uh, yeah, like she, a, he, an episode. I didn't know this person. It was a, a friend of a friend of mine who told me the story. But um, you know, but things like that can can happen. You know, I mean, and of course we all have heard the stories of babies that get left in you know yes, yes, here yes. and there and everywhere. Um, so yeah, so but anyway, you just had a little flip out and then it was fine. Yeah, I just I mean, had you kind just of a went little. To the doctor. Yeah, I went to the doctor. She did some tests and stuff. She was like, "Yeah, you're fine. Go home, get some sleep." You know, and and it's easier said than done because the baby lost a pound when I first brought him home, he was, he was a little guy, like five pounds, 16 ounces. So he didn't have the power in his mouth to draw milk out and drink. Oh, right. So I had to, um, <coughs> I had to break down and give him formula. And, um, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do the whole, like, basically nature was like, what do you, what would you like? And I was like, I'd like a natural birth, please easy, normal, and then I'd like to breastfeed. And she was like, how about a C-section and formula? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like well, it's funny because I just had this chat with my friend today. Yeah. Coincidentally enough. And I told her that I was coming to meet you, but she had a similar experience. C-section. She's 40. Uh, she she has been breastfeeding, but like it's not working yeah. out. And she called somebody like I think yesterday and they said listen like you're everything's against you the c-section your age plus she had uh, she had a, a cancer thing before that's been dealt with but yeah. like all these things yeah. factor in and you know the person was trying to explain that it's really common and there's no like perfect mother and you're not doing anything wrong by using formula but yeah but there is a lot of um guilt around the idea of and I'm not sure why um, or where it comes from I think it might be self-imposed you know maybe the media has some you know effect I, I really can't say because I, I haven't probably no, she's definitely feeling it yeah as and you felt it right I did but you know we hired a lactation consultant which is another thing I didn't know existed <laughs> she was such a bitch too she like came over to our house she was like this jappy like woman and she came in and she was like she had this very expensive scale she set her scale down and she was like okay put the baby on the scale she weighed the baby I was like oh this is cool I want to get one of these and she was like oh you can't afford this it's ten thousand dollars and I was like all right I hate you um then she was just like very very like curt you know I was like I'm sorry I, I you know I'm a little out of it I'm on medication and she she just like just everything about her energy like was kind of rubbing me the wrong way but then again to be fair 
when you just have a baby, everything about everybody rubs you the wrong way anyway. I wonder um, if you met her now, would she be like the nicest person? Ever? Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that for probably a year, I was not the easiest person to get along with because, um, again, my anxiety was at like a 10. I definitely had some kind of an anxiety disorder that like kicked in. I mean, I've always had a little bit of anxiety. Um, like I don't like flying. Uh, I'm a little, I have like a little germaphobe thing sometimes. Um, but you know, um, I, I assume everybody hates me, you know, like I have all these like kind of very general minor anxieties that I sort of, but every first time mother I know thinks they have an anxiety disorder. Well, maybe there's something normal. to that. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty normal to be overly worried. Well, I was so worried. I mean, I couldn't let anyone really handle the baby. You know, I just, I was like, I, <laughs> Another friend. <laughs> it's just so funny because another friend of mine is dealing with that now because yeah. his, his wife will not let anyone hold the baby. I mean, well, I was letting people hold the baby and do stuff, but like for example, his, you know, his mother, uh, Alex's, my husband's mother-in-law, came to visit, and she's holding the baby like the you know the first day we're out of the hospital, and she's kissing his face, like kissing his cheeks and everything, and I'm like, yo, yo. Can you take it down a notch? The kid has no immune system yet. Just let him like, you know, ki there will be time for kissing him all over the face, but today's not that day, you know, and it set off what ended up being a, like a year long fight between us, you know, because I was trying to protect the baby. She was just being a loving gra grandma, you know? Yeah. And uh, so everything just kind of kicked into high gear in terms of my instincts in a way that was just like over the top, you know? So, um, do you think it's over the top or maybe like so 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 basically you're overly worried about yeah. your firstborn child your right. first child and you're I think battling with your mother and nature does that on purpose right because nature wants the kid to survive so it's going to do something to your I, I would think something to instincts to make you be like i'm going to do everything to make sure this kid you know yeah and so, so we've we've moved into a much more like fearful like, I, I, and all whole, this information is accessible. Yeah, it's too so much. So, you, you know, I'm Googling, like, my Google list was crazy. If I actually want to do a post of the things that I Google on a daily basis because it's really insane. I mean, I, I actually did some screen saves because I was asking Siri all these crazy questions. And I was like, oh, this is pretty funny. I got to save this. Yeah, I mean, you really should do because eventually I think there'll be a good show in the sort of, like, the neuroses of, of, of a first-time mom. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just motherhood in general. I did a show, a comedy show at Joe's Pub when I was nine months pregnant. It was like an hour stand-up and music show. Yeah, made Ali Wong's career. It's a pity you didn't go that way. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah I know. Well, the, the pregnant special is a I real... I was so bummed. Like, her special came out, like, a week before I went to tape mine. And I was like, Ali! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hers was good. It was great. Yeah, it was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> I haven't seen any of her stuff about uh, being a mom. But anyway, like... but but. So d how much of it do you think is like you or how much of it is your perception of you? Uh, you know, like, I, you in my head, you think I think different? in my head, I think I'm a very level headed person. As a matter of fact, I talked to some of my friends during this time and they were very uh, comforting. They said things like, um, you know, as far as pregnant, as far as new moms go, I think you seem pretty normal you know you don't really seem that crazy that crazy you know and that was kind of comforting maybe they were just saying that to make me feel better but i know but i think people listen to this will go oh like anyone who's been through what you've been through i think they're all gonna go oh yeah see that's the thing is a lot of the people i was dealing with too went through this but like 30 35 40 years ago my yeah. mom came to visit and she was like oh just put the baby on its stomach to sleep and i said mom you can't 
do, they don't do that anymore. There's a thing now. It's called back to sleep. You put the baby on his back to go to sleep. And she's like, I put all you kids on your stomachs. You all lived. I drove all over the country without seatbelts. You know, she's like going on and on. I have some material in my current show about that. Yeah, I mean, and, and she's, she's right. But it was a different planet then than it is now. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's just information. But I think, like, some of it w will hold over time. And yeah. then some of it, like these other things, will turn yeah. out to be just the trend of the day. That's you know? true. Uh, but at the end of the day, you try, you're just trying to do what's best. Yes. I think it's tougher now, though, because I think that people, I, I would imagine that if you talk to, if you talk to your mom seriously, yeah. she would say that she did not experience as much guilt about what she was doing. Um, you know, my mom has her own very unique situation in that she was a, um, a young woman. She was 18 and she was, um, you know, it was like in the 70s. And I'm sure that, and she was a Catholic, you know, from a Catholic family. I'm sure there was guilt associated with, you know, her situation too. Oh, oh, sorry. In terms of she was unmarried, was it? No, I don't think she was unmarried. She, her and my dad were married, um, but, you know, they were very young. Yeah. I think that they probably got married because, you know, they, yes. they had to kind yes, of thing. Yes, or yes, yes. They had to. Um, I, that was air quotes there. But just in terms of what we're talking about. I, yeah. I, I would assume she, she wasn't as uh, worried. I don't that. think that she probably was. Also, she had my grandmother who had six kids who really helped her. <coughs> yeah, well, that's a big difference <coughs> while you're having a sip there. That's a big difference between before and now is people aren't. Well, they tend to not be as close to the support network, which I, was, I wanted I was, to ask you about yes, anyway. I, and that's a really big thing um, that like, you know, family, the family, uh, you know, circuit now is completely different. Now it's mom, dad, kid, mom, dad, two kids, mom, dad, three kids. The grandparents are not really as involved. Mm. The aunts, the uncles. And I was reading about, you know, these different tribes and families in other countries, and they all hang out and pass the baby around and, you know, have this thing where, you know, you hold the baby for a little while till you get bored and then you pass them on, you know, and everyone's kind of involved. Yes. But when it's like me and a baby all day, every day, you know, or like my husband, you know, my, he works. Basically, I, I wouldn't say I stopped working, but my work schedule is like, you know, peanuts compared to what it was. I was working like 60 hours a week, yeah, which was awesome. And I loved it, you know, and now I'm just chilling with the baby all the time. And I, that's by choice. You know, I want to do that par partially because I was not ready to do any kind of like daycare or anything like that. Partially, my family's not here. You yeah, know. I mean, you're in an apartment in Manhattan, so like I, I would consider that to automatically be a challenge. Like oh, yeah. Manhattan, I mean, it's it's way more kid friendly than when I was a kid. Like when we used to, oh, yeah. when we used to come into the city when we were young. If I saw if I saw like a family, I'd be like, what the fuck? Are they, <laughs> yeah. What are they doing here? Yeah, there's a lot less like heroin use on the subways yeah. than there used to be. So it's more kid friendly, but at the same time, like it is. A, it, it, I think it's a tough place to well, raise a kid. Um, you know, it, I I agree, and that's why a lot of people leave. You know, a lot of people have kids and then they're they're Splitsville. They go to Rhode Island or PA or wherever. And we, you know, we did buy a place that um, is not in the city where we can escape to escape to because, you know, here we share a one bedroom apartment. But out there we have some room to move around. And um, and that's actually been a huge saving grace because I don't I don't think that if we were stuck in a one bedroom apartment every day, all day with nowhere to go, I would definitely have developed like even more of an anxiety issue. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I think that's tough. Like, you know, when I was in China, they, uh, you know, they 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 don't understand how we live so distant from our family. And yeah, I mean, they definitely didn't understand. How I, I wish I wasn't my family lived closer. 
You yeah. know, it's just, I'm not going to them. You know, I'm not, I'm not moving to Maryland. That's not yeah. happening. Yeah. Well, we've, we've moved on from that, which is fine. Yeah. But I guess, the, I guess you're experiencing part of the trade off, isn't it? I mean, it, yes. I think, I, so I think it's tougher. I wish that, I really do wish that my family was closer. You know, my sisters live down south and they live like about two hours away from each other and they're together a lot. Their kids are together. They celebrate holidays, birthdays. And I'm trying to find a way to kind of, you know, get, in more involved and be near them without having to move down south yes you know but you're right there is that trade-off you know and i'm really i'm hanging on to new york as hard as i can but it's like everything about being a mom here now well you need money right i mean to make it bearable i feel like you need a lot of money yeah i mean i think money helps money solves problems right well um, just in terms of like being able to get health care or sorry a day is like a child care yeah. without absolutely break in the bank yeah you know, all it's these very things expensive yeah. yeah it's expensive but um you know a lot and a lot of people have to do the trade-off they work like a mom works and her whole paycheck goes to goes to to care for but the baby. yeah but she feels like she's being but at least she can have a life you know something of you know uh, for some people that that's to them what you know they want to do with their time they want to have their job yeah. and they want to have an identity because I did lose my identity after the baby was born. I really did. I was like, you know, it, it was like everything just got turned on its head and I almost had to rebuild and start from scratch in terms of like who I was. It was a really weird thing to experience. Well, I felt like a Vietnam vet or something. Like I really, I felt like I had gone to war and I came back and I just didn't know how to like be in, in civilization anymore. And I really? had to start over. Yeah, completely. Well, and that's it, interesting on so many levels. Oh yeah. It was, it's interesting just in terms of like how much our identity is, you know, hung on what we do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, like I, I absolutely identify with that. I mean, that. what would happen if you couldn't do comedy anymore? Yeah, I think about that sometimes. For like, you know, I don't know if you're, you're, you lost your voice or like, you know what I mean? Like what? Or, or I had a sexual <laughs> harassment case. Let's use something that's very <laughs> believable. Oh, yeah. Like that your career could just disappear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you do in terms of losing would, your identity? What would you do? No, I think about that sometimes. I mean, I obviously thought about it over the last... I mean, I'm not worried about that. But at the same time, like, like I had a friend in Ireland whose career has been very heavily damaged by something that he did. Mm. And uh, I won't get into the, the, the ins, ins and, and outs, outs of that. But okay. I did think about... But maybe what, later we, you can give me the details. Yeah, but I thought about what is he going through in terms of like... It's everything, and then it's nothing. Is it David McSavage? Uh, it's not McSavage. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny that you thought that he was the one. But, uh, no, he, you have to have a career to lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. And, and Dave is a good friend of mine, and he, yeah. he'll appreciate the joke. I love you, David. But, uh, anyway, you. Oh, oh, without getting bogged down in that, I, I, I have pondered it. But also just, um, did, you, did you think... That, did you ever think it's good in a way to have that challenged? Because it maybe, oh, yeah. maybe I think, totally. why, why was I so heavily reliant on yeah, what I do as an identity? It's weird, too, because um, I was like, I had this kind of mindset that, like, I was doing this really important stuff. You know, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm talking about, like, comedy that's, like, you know, about women and women's rights and women's life. And it's, like, kind of important. You know, like, I had this kind of macro level mindset. And... Um, when I came out of this childbirth thing and I looked back at it, I was like, oh, oh, I'm like, there's nothing that I'm doing that's important or interesting. I mean, it was, it just like kind of completely wiped out my, my way of thinking. And I was like, all that's important is that this baby is surviving and happy and I'll do whatever I can to make that happen. And over time I've had more trust in the baby's ability to survive. 
so I've been able to kind of return to that macro way of thinking of like, oh, I got, I'm going to write this really important story for high times, you know what I mean, or, or whatever, yeah, I, whatever I've been up to. Okay, so I'm sure this has been asked of you, but did you not ponder how important what you were doing was? Um, and that actually the other stuff is insignificant compared to looking after a life? Uh, what do you mean? Did well, I you're being it? a mother. Yeah, yeah. So like that's way more important. Oh yeah, to that's what I'm saying. I'm saying once I had the baby, I, I it kind of flipped everything on its on its end. You know, where I was just like. No, but I, I, I just in terms of how how much how important that is, not just for you, but just in general. Well, that's that actually one of the it's reasons. a more meaningful thing to do. Absolutely, I, I do, and and that's one of the reasons why I think that moms are sort of like first of all, I like my own mom so much more now. Like, I really have a lot more respect for her, and I admire her more, and I feel sorry for her. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know, in a way, um, <clears throat> and I, I just can appreciate her more. I know what she went through um, a little bit more. And, you know, for a long time, I was just like, my mom, you know, she should have done this or she could have done that and she didn't or you know what I mean and, and now that I have this kid I'm like oh my god like I just see her through a totally different lens and uh I I just I think that moms in general we get mother's day that's that's a nice nice gesture but like there should really be huge huge amounts of support for moms that there just isn't yeah. and I wrote a story for high times um this month which is in the in the on newsstands now in the uh, February you, issue. Can you get it online? You can get it online in January. Okay, great. But right now it's in print, and it's called Moms Who Get High. And it's a really interesting story about moms who self-medicate for postpartum depression using marijuana, or they just smoke because they want to, you know, whatever. But, but my angle is, you know, focusing on these moms who are treating a condition using marijuana. And... Uh, and it's a really interesting story to me because these moms are so desperate, you know, for, for help and for comfort in, in this really hard role that they're like, you know, turning to drugs because that's the easiest, cheapest, most accessible option for them. Yeah. Um, now, you know, marijuana is legal in a lot of places now and it's being declassified uh, and whatnot. Yeah. But and in a way you feel like what, what's, what harm in, taking the edge off things every now and then. Sure. I mean, and a lot of people compare it to drinking wine because there's like a huge like yeah, mommy dr wine drinking yes. contingent. Um, and that's 
that's fine. Nobody seems yeah, to care yeah, or it, mind. Yeah, it's fine to a degree. I mean, it has its positives and negatives in terms of your health. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, same with same with um, marijuana, just in terms of, like, if you're smoking around a baby, you know, one of the arguments is that they have new tissue that's developing and, like, maybe smoking around babies isn't, like, the greatest plan. Um, not to mention fire's hot. Some t- you know, you can burn, yeah. burn baby. Right, I mean, I definitely don't think you should be smoking around a baby anyway, just because the smell is too strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons. But then, you know, there's other people who just, they just do it after the baby w- goes to bed or, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah. But it's legal in so many places now that it's m- becoming more of a thing, yes. you know, that moms are doing. Yeah, I mean, I personally don't think that that's a big deal anyway. I mean, I guess yeah, uh, I mean, the issue of how difficult it is to be a mom is a big deal. But just in terms of how people cope... Yeah, I mean, my big takeaway, I think, from the story is I've never smoked a type of marijuana that's going to make me forget about loving or caring for my child. You know, there's just not, there's not a, a strain of marijuana, unless it's like laced with PCP, that's going to make me, you know, lose my mind that much that I'm going to forget I have a baby or, you know, something like yeah. that. Um, but, but that being said, obviously, moms need support. You know, they need support in a way that you just can't count, you can't, you can't anticipate until you're in the middle of it. And then you're like, oh, shit, I should have made dinner and froze it for three months, you know. And that's just <laughs> not something that, like, occurs to you when you're six months pregnant and super happy. I mean, some people don't. I had an awesome pregnancy. My pregnancy was like Disneyland. I mean, I was like high as shit on endorphins. My hair was long and luxurious. Everyone was like, you're glowing. You, you look know? great. <laughs> yeah. It was it was incredible. And, uh, you know, like just lots of really good energy. I was like ready. You know, I felt real powerful and strong. And then I went into the hospital and they told me a week early that the baby had to come now because I had no more amniotic fluid left. And uh, so we tried to do a um, procedure where it like induces your your delivery, makes it happen now. And it didn't work. So I was basically in labor for two days. And then they were like, you're just postponing the inevitable. We're going to have to cut this baby out. And I was like, God damn it. I I was born C-section, just to let you know. Yeah. And and a lot, a third of the population was, you know, my husband was too. And and my son was. But I just, my mom had six kids, naturally. So I was like, well, I'm going to do it too. You know, I just assumed. You want to trade with your mom? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> she got some catching up to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, and, and in fact, I think I am one and done, which is the name of my uh, blog that, I, that you read. One oh, and done, one one and and done, done mom. mom. Yeah. Which basically, you know, because there's also pressure to have two kids after you have one. I noticed that, yeah. Because people, people think it's better for the kid to have like a partner in crime. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a lot of reasons. People are like, well, what's, what if something happens to the one kid, you know? But, but a really good argument for that that I heard that I really like is it's not going to make you miss that kid less, you know? I mean, you're... you're you're still yeah. gonna. You're still gonna really yeah, be. Yeah. What, what if that one? Do, you'll have a replacement. Is that the argument? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have. Yeah. To I mean, I, I was in, again. I was in China, and like all those kids are fine. You know, all those one-child kids. I mean, it's sad that there was a policy where they couldn't have a brother or sister, but at the yeah. same time, like, I think it's fine. I like, mean, I, I think say, it's I fine to do whatever you want. Yeah. I think yeah. it's unfortunate that people feel like so. There much has to pressure. be a way. Yeah. There has to yeah, be. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't really know that there was a term mom shaming or mommy mom shaming, shaming, but yeah. I heard it this morning. Oh, yeah. And now I, I'm, I'm assuming you've experienced it. I've heard it, yeah. I've heard it. I've like experienced it. I've probably even done it. You know, I mean, I remember talking to my sister 
one time when I was I was visiting them and her little baby uh, was maybe like two and she wanted to go in the pool and go swimming. And um, Abby was like, you know, you can't go swimming because it's bedtime. And she was like, you said I could go swimming. You know, and she was like throwing a fit. And Abby was like, fine, go get your bathing suit on. And I was like, what are you doing? You're letting you're going to let her go swimming. And she was like, yeah, what's the problem? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, she's throwing a temper tantrum. Aren't you kind of setting like a precedent to let her get her way when she throws a temper tantrum? And Abby was like, go get your swimsuit on. Come on, let's go in the pool. She didn't say anything. She didn't make a big deal about it. But later on, I thought about it and I was like, what a dick I was. You know what I mean? Like, just let the freaking kid go swim. Let Abby handle it. You know, she's got it. And it's Backseat really parenting. I have a whole bit in my show about it. <laughs> and that's it's really all I can do. I don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> I can only tell other You're people how. You're a great backseat yeah, parent. Yeah, I could only tell other people how I could do so much of a better job. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that's something that I didn't realize. Another thing. I mean, there's so many things that you don't realize, and that was another one that I don't. I wouldn't. I'm not going to want people to tell me how to do it. Although I am open to to feedback. I like feedback because yeah, sometimes but it's people feedback know more and criticism, me. you know, it can be tough sometimes. Like and it's also fine to react I think it's fine to react badly and then afterwards go, actually I think what they were saying was fine. I think it's a totally human reaction to yeah, get yeah. defensive. Yeah. Yeah. And you my know? sister actually uh now she calls me uptight. <laughs> She's like, You're a really uptight mom and I'm like, Well, you know, first of all, fuck you. But second of all, it it's there is a reason behind it, you know. I'm trying to just make sure that I, I'm doing my best to, you know, just I, I just don't want to be a shitty mom. You know, I wanted I want to do a good job. It's the only thing, honestly, that I think I've really ever had a very high level of quality control in with my with my um, writing or my comedy or my music or whatever. It's kind of a little more like la- laissez faire, however you say, it, you know, where I'm just mm. like, I'll throw some ideas out, you know, see what people think. I'll go over here. I'll try a new song. Oh yeah, I'll write a set. I'll, you know, even for shows that were like kind of maybe on the important side, which maybe I should have prepared more for them. I, I've been kind of more like, you know, I'll, I'll try. I'll try a new bit in here. You know what I mean? But like with with parenting, I'm like everything that I have and can do to do it, quote unquote, right. I've been trying to do. Yeah, I mean, you can't really compare it to a performance anyway, other than it's the most important performance right, of your right. life, right? Totally. Like, I mean, there's yeah. no. It's the it's the uh, it's like the headlining act, you know, of. But of I, life. I, I I know that another thing I can't stand in the comedy world is when a comedian gets shamed because <laughs> they write some funny stuff about their kid when they have a kid, and then people go, "Oh, of course!" Like another parent doing kid yeah. material yeah 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 it's like but well we, actually well we write about life right yeah and it's way more important than half the shit that people talk about like why the fuck would we not want to give our own personal experience of like one of the most important relationships yeah, i mean and not to mention i've heard some incredible like you know louis ck um god love him god love him <laughs> <laughs> uh you know he had that great bit about jizanthropus yeah i don't know that bit but it was uh you know just about like basically hating this kid that was mean to his kid and he was gonna like fuck her mom you know fuck his fuck the kid's mom and like not call her back and oh like all his like revenge fantasy about how the uh, for the like yeah to like defend his daughter he was gonna do all this like mean (laughs) stuff to the kid's mom (laughs) like jerk off in front of her (laughs) without her consent (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly uh so you know um so so uh, what i was getting at is have you found yourself like jotting down some notes about oh, yeah. like, funny shit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in addition to the blog, which actually the purpose of the blog and the purpose of my, I, you know, have a Twitter that goes with the one and done mom blog on Medium um, is that 
I'm developing material, you know, I'm like, I'm saving mm. up and calling material. And then when, when the time is right, when the, when the, you know, moments is, is right, I'm going to put it all together and probably end up doing a show with it. Yeah. You know, I'm not exactly ready yet uh, because I'm still pretty deep in the shit, you know? Yeah, I, you're I really right am. It. Now, some people get out of the shit faster. My baby is a year and four months. I, maybe I should be out of the shit by now, but I am breastfeeding um, still. Oh, you still are. I am, yeah, and um, and a lot of people don't, right? They 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 do it for a few months and then they bail, or they can't, or they get frustrated, or or they do it for a year. But the World Health Organization recommends that you breastfeed for two years, so that's what I'm doing. That's how I'm doing it. Yeah. You know? Now, some people want to do it different. That's great. I I commend and I I tip my hat to anyone who wants to do it differently. You know, they want to do formula. They want to try to feed so them. So you're going to do it for peas. two years. I'm going to do it if if I can. I'm going to do it for two years. That's my goal is to get to, you know, the two-year mark. So does that mean that you have to wake up in the, the nighttime? Or you, you bet you your fucking ass oh, it does. I do wake up at, you know, midnight, four, sometimes. Do you express? Do you, like, use the machine? I use the machine. I don't pump as much because it's just kind of a hassle, you know, because the baby's there. So And because we're together so much, I, I just, you know, can give him a boob uh, versus, like, pumping. Yeah. But have I, you had any good... Uh, good like breastfeeding stories like battles with random people on the street or you know people are like why are you doing uh, that in public no it's become so acceptable. yeah now. it's pretty acceptable now I, I i mean i actually when i first was breastfeeding i almost was like being a dick about it you know what i mean <laughs> i was like yeah. i was like fucking try me you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i'm breastfeeding yeah i'm breastfeeding now yeah i would like go on the bus and shit and be like you know anyone got anything to say you know just, but no i actually uh i haven't really had but after so i did kind of maybe maybe almost i would say I, I was just pulling my boob out anywhere you know what i mean because i was like i think it's acceptable that's what i've read yeah. I've read that it's okay to do this, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah, I mean, why, I don't know why anyone would care. I mean, I get it. Like, people care. And I guess yeah. when it started to happen more frequently in public, I guess there was a couple of times where I was like, oh, you know, or like wanted to look but thought I couldn't. You know, yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. one of these weird things yeah. of like, can you look or can you not look? For the most part, I would say I have had almost a 100% like pretty positive experience in terms of like parent interaction breastfeeding stuff with pretty much everybody except with my family members my family members are the only people who i've kind of like butted heads with everyone about else parenting in general, yeah not yeah the breastfeeding. like yeah. with my mom a little bit you know my mother-in-law just a little bit and again like i wasn't the easiest person to get along with for the first year because i was i was struggling you know i was going through some stuff and um so i don't blame them i take some responsibility for just you know being you know handling it the way that i did but uh, I think that yeah, I'm, a, I'm a member of a lot of mom groups. You know? Oh, are you? Oh, my God. So many. And I, there's a great new series Sharon Horgan did about bad mom. Well, you know, just like the, the stresses of being a mom. Really? I can't, the title has just gone out of my head, which is very embarrassing. Is but it Smilf? Is that that no, one? It's no, it's brand new. It's brand oh. new. But it, it, people really... Oh, actually, she wrote it with Graham Linehan. That's so cool. Yeah, you should try to check it I out. I will. I've, I've written some stuff. I wrote a script about, um, about uh, a woman who gets her big break and her water breaks on the same day that was like oh. kind of my yeah like like where she was like all right fine fuck comedy i'm just gonna have a baby and then like the day she goes in to have the baby like something huge opens for her and she can't she can't really do it because you know or she tries to figure out how to juggle you know yeah, the that's two. interesting because a guy wouldn't have to think about that exactly exactly yeah. so yeah um but yeah i mean it's it's i'm really really happy 
that I'm do that I'm doing this. You know, uh, I don't regret it. I've never heard anybody say that they did. No, I did read a story about one mom who, and, and again, yeah, I'm like a member of all these mom groups. I just like join every mom group I can just cause I'm, that's how I am. I'm a little OCD and I'm an infomaniac. Well, it's a nice way to meet people. I mean, yeah. I would imagine over time it's going to, it's going to be handy because yeah. you'll have people to lean on. Yeah. Yeah. The 10 people in front of me for the babysitting job, for example. <laughs> I didn't mean to insult no, you. I, I, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I'm a member of all these different groups and I've, I've, you know, I learn a lot from the groups. Actually, some of the stuff is very, um, you know, some of the things that people post is like, oh shit, that's a thing that I have to worry about. You know, I mean, there's like a lot of, a lot of information that comes at you, but it's also um, just really great to get to see this like really huge kind of wide birth of you know moms and how they're doing it and they're incredibly supportive of each other which is a really cool you don't thing find to see. ever like the comparing competing. almost never our moms like i wouldn't do that or that's why are you doing that you know what i mean it's always like and a lot of it is even like information based like there's this one chick who's like really into putting studies like whenever anyone's like oh you shouldn't do that she's like here's a study here's a study here's a study and that's really cool you know to see that because i'm all about studies I like to I like to base my information I know, in fact. It's tough because there's just so much information out there. Yeah, and and some of it is skewed. You know, some of it's like kind yeah, of yeah. Like where is it coming from? Is it coming from like corporate somebody, studies? Yeah, corporate studies or the other way around. You know, yeah. like yeah, you know, pe people that are heavily involved in well, the vaccine farming. thing is like huge. You know, and and well, you have to get your baby vac. You know, you you no, don't have to, I guess, but let's talk about the vaccine thing. Okay, I I, I have uh, I did something recently about it, but. Not not for not for the childhood vaccine. Well, not for uh, the HPV vaccine. Wait, you got the HPV vaccine? No, Aren't I didn't. No, I'm that? way old, too yeah. old for that. Nor nor. <laughs> I wish and I could have gotten it. And too late. <laughs> but anyway, I I, I I came under the un, under fire from the anti-vaccine people. Oh yeah. So I'm curious to know how you're feeling because there's a huge pressure, particularly in the middle to upper class world, or yeah. you know, our world. Well, there's a lot know, of pressure. I vaccinated my baby uh, because I live in New York City. And no, because that's what you're supposed to do. But anyway, keep going. And because I, um, I, I, my husband's uh, dad stepped out as a doctor. I got to talk to him a lot about it. I read a bunch of studies. I talked to a bunch of friends. I talked to family members. You know, I'm petrified. Every time I go in there to get vaccinations for him, it scares me, you know, because that's how I am. I'm just, an, I'm kind of a But don't a you think it shouldn't be as scary as it is? Um, yeah, it would be great. But, but, you know... Also, there's elements that you can physically see, like, for example, your child screaming, kicking, thrashing and crying, mm -hmm. you know, and that's going to set off a instinctual primal, you know, response in you. But then again, kids kick, scream and cry when, you know, you take the remote control away from them because they're <laughs> throwing it on the ground, you know. So, yeah. I mean, babies cry and scream and kick. That's something that they do. And if they do that when you're taking polio away from them, I think that that's OK. <laughs> yeah, And I agree. I mean, I don't want... The, the the sicknesses that they can be exposed to are so much worse, you know, than than some of the I mean, I, I and, and again, this is a very delicate thing because I know that there are a lot of people out there who have, have experienced, you know, side effects Vaccine or injury, things like this. And, and, you know, to them, that's you know, that's their experience. And that's you know, I, I'm not going to say that it didn't happen or anything like that because I don't know I wasn't there, yeah. you know, but for me, luckily, so far, uh, we have not had any incidents besides you know, the, the responses that they say you can expect things like maybe a little fever, um, some crying, some, you know, like not in such a great mood 
for a couple of days, you know, things like that. It's been yeah. relatively mild. Um, but, but still it makes me nervous because I don't, I, you have to trust someone to shoot your kid up with something, you know? And, and the reason you trust them is because some, because a bunch of strangers tell you to, mm. and, and that in general is just like, it's a scary mindset, you know? I know, but at the, I know and it, it is so tough, but at the same time, it's like, the diseases that used to exist are gone. Right. And it's hard to... Yeah, it's incredible. You know, I mean, thank God. Thank God. Yeah, but some of them are coming back. That's the fucked up thing. Yeah, yeah. Because of this fear that personally like well I, whooping cough is like making the rounds right now well that's because of misinformation but that's yeah. what's so crazy is that there's so much pressure on you as a mother as it is and then on top of yes. it all this misinformation comes in as if and there's no way to have it be not misinformation right because you you just have to use your own judgment that hopefully you're yeah, well you're, some people are making you feel bad because you're looking after the healthier child and then they're saying why would you put your child at risk right you right. know, but well, I'm putting my child at risk by not getting. Well, so it's like yeah. either way, you're putting them at risk. So it's just so pick difficult. which team you want to be on. Do you want to be on the team that puts your child at risk, or do you want to be on the team that puts your child at risk? You know, I mean, it's really the same kind of no matter how you look at it. Um, but you know, aut the autism thing comes into play, and you know that's like a huge argument that people. Yeah, but are, it's been debunked over and over and over. Right. But somehow it still comes up, which is just insane. Yeah, yeah. Debunked I mean, time and time again. Yeah, like it, the the amount of debunking that goes on is relentless. <laughs> but somehow, somehow people still fear. Well, that. people have their experiences, you know, and and their people believe very strongly in their experiences, whether their experiences are. Yeah, but some people are not. also making it up because they're That's part of these organizations. Whether the whether the experiences are accurate or not, you know, I mean, like for example, I took my baby in, you know, to get his vaccine couple. Uh, weeks ago, he got his like, you know, 15 month or whatever it is. He got DTaP and he got a flu shot and then he got the flu, you know, and uh, and he was probably going to get the flu anyway. He probably picked it up at the library the week before, you know, was that this year? Yeah. Yeah. Because they say this year's flu is uh, resistant to the flu shot. Oh, yeah. Th th that's what I've just been seeing that this this strain that's going around this year has been resistant. Oh, that's that's very comforting. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> You know? Okay. But so we're not going back to the library then this year. Yeah, that, but he's got it, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I mean, he, he's been really sick for the last like couple of weeks. So, um, and, and it's just, a, it's just a scary, it's freaking scary to be a parent. You know, I mean, like that's the, uh, I mean, after talking to you, I don't want to have kids. Uh, well, you know, I'm sorry about that. And I actually went to hang out with some friends the other night for karaoke. I broke out and I went out for karaoke um, on Wednesday night and it was really fun. You know, I like sung a song and I was like, woo a mom for 30 minutes or whatever and um and uh one of my friends was there and we were chatting and she was like how are you doing and i was like oh man i'm fucking like out of my mind you know like i just like kind of went off a little bit on her and then i felt bad because i didn't mean to i was just i forgot how to interact with adults anymore you know what i mean yeah. so so when she asked me how i was i just opened up this whole rant of like you know emotional stuff and like what I experienced and she kind of just sat with like this very sad look on her face nodding her head the whole time she has no kids no she has no kids and she was really supportive and you know she listened um and I felt really bad for this comedian who you may know um Julia Rossi oh yeah I so don't know her we're like chatting and uh 
and she was very, you know, very sweet and listened and let me just kind of like go off on her. I wanted to call her the next day and be like, I'm really sorry. Listen, you know, I, I forgot to mention, like, I love being a mom. And that, that's, that's the crazy thing is I love it. I, I think I'm good at it. I love my son. He's super cute. He's wicked fun. He's funny. Um, I love carrying him around. And sh everything that I get to do with him, it's like I get to do it again for the first time. And I get to see it from a totally different perspective. And I get to watch his little eyes light up. And it's like this crazy feeling that nature, you know, does to you to like fuck with you so that you make sure that everything goes as well as you can, you know, mm. as well as it can. What, whatever it is, whether it's instinctual or real, I'm, I'm buying it. You know, I'm, I'm into it. And I just and my husband and I are just, you know, we really love it. We're having a great time. And life is going on, you know? Yeah, like, so do you think that maybe somehow you could find a way to, like, make it a little easier on yourself in terms of your anxieties? Yeah, I've been, I've been doing a lot um, of self-care shit, you know, like yoga and trying to really focus on diet. To me, that's a really important thing, making sure that I'm not eating a shit ton of junk food. Because you, you definitely have to have your own time. Like, I mean, that seems to be a general consensus. And, and here I am, like, right? With yeah. you recording a podcast with in the a, basement. With a babysitter upstairs. Who knows what they're doing up there? Who you knows know, what's like going juggling on. knives or like, who, I have no idea. God, I feel bad that you're using your babysitter time to talk about the thing that you're not doing. At the, I feel guilty now. I, no. I feel, I, I, I no, there's awesome. a lot of friend shaming. There's a lot of. No, no, no. It's great to talk to you. And no, I'm kidding. I'm it's kidding. It's so fun to, to actually, you know, talk to an adult. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I assume because you're, I always think like if you're going through it, it's probably more common than you think. Oh, so yeah. So I always think yeah, it's yeah. good to talk about these things because there will be some people that will be like. Well, I had a therapist. I got, uh, I looked everywhere for a postpartum depression therapist and I couldn't find one. I did find this guy who does therapy in his apartment in the East Village. And I like, I went and like knocked on his door and walked up like four walk up flights to his apartment studio. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm not, I don't have any experience in postpartum, but I do have like depression experience. And I was like, I'll take it. Fuck it. I don't care. So you went to that guy for <laughs> Yeah. So like I went to his house and I was hanging out and talking to him and he's like, have you tried Googling uh, your feelings? And I was like, wait a minute. That, aren't you the, you're Google. Like, wait, why am I, <laughs> you're the Google. So, um, you know, that didn't really exactly work out. Then I found this other lady. Did you Google your feelings? I, I did. I did Google. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are, are you put in your, when you put in <laughs> symptoms, you get diseases. When you put in feelings, it just comes up, yeah, you're human. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I guess there's a lot of resources for postpartum depression moms, but I haven't really been able to find them. One thing that I w was able to find that was very good and supportive was La Leche League, which is a group of people who talk about breastfeeding yeah and it's a real like it's some real hippie shit you know it's a bunch of moms sitting around just like breastfeeding in a circle um but but it's like there and it's you know like a very inexpensive to be part of and and uh it's a bunch of people who understand you know yeah. so um so part of me feels a little like sometimes almost like support group silly for going you know but then at the same time i'm like but but there we can re we all relate you know to what's yeah, going you can on do whatever you want like yeah a guy who just got sober goes to uh a lot of aa meetings like some people are like well aren't you addicted to the meetings it's like yeah well so fucking what <laughs> yeah you know, it's so better it's like, than so the alternative well, so yeah but so what if you go to a lot of mom's groups well i go to one a month so i mean i don't go to that Jeez, you make it sound like you're going every day no <laughs> i go to one a month but you know it's it's just kind of funny to be sitting in a room full of women with their boobs out just being like you well know. my cousin went to one years ago i mean her her daughter is 17 now but she had a she had a child and like she was a single mom. I mean, she did have a lot of support from her family, but she was a single mother and she 
did a lot of this stuff you're talking about on her own. Yeah. Uh, but wow. she, she went to a group back then and it was very helpful. And you know, yeah. like she made those relationships at the time. I don't think a lot of the relationships lasted, but at the time they were really important. I have made a couple moms, mom friends. And you know, like we had a big one year birthday party for the baby when he turned one. We did a theme. It was a, like a camping theme. And we made like a fire, a fake fire out of like tissue paper. And we had, you know, like a craft table and an oatmeal bar. And like we all wore camp t-shirts. And, you know, it was like a real, like we really did it up, like a big one-year party and like a big sing-along with like a guitar singer who did cr- traditional. I played a guitar, my friend. And uh, and a, a bunch of like his mom, our, my mom friends and his baby friends came. And it was really cool, you know, to see all these little babies who I had met when they were just little tiny and now they're like a year a year and change and you know it's like we're kind of um, are you comparing like who talks more and who walks a more? little bit <laughs> <laughs> a little bit you know I, I think that all moms kind of keep their eyes oh, on that yeah, stuff that's tough i don't really oh your kid was how old when they i don't dwell walking? on it but i do definitely i you know you take you take notes as a mom because because there's the thing in the back of your head that's like well what if something's wrong yeah what if, did you google that you know so like there but, is then, but then, like, some of them are genu- like genuine uh, indicators, and then some of them aren't. Most of them aren't. Yeah. That's the thing. Mo- most of the stuff is really just not. Yeah, like, whether they walk early or not is like doesn't mean they're going to be super athletic. Uh-uh. Whether they talk early doesn't really mean that they're going to be smart. No, no. And in fact, you know, if you if you were to, I think, like, w- wasn't Einstein, like, um, mute and, like, couldn't catch? I don't know. He. Yeah, I mean, it probably turns out he was like on the spectrum of some description Maybe. to be that brilliant. I guess, you yeah. know, but who knows? I, I, I don't even know if that's like an offensive thing to say. Probably, you probably just offended a lot of I people. I probably just offended a lot of people. <laughs> you just, I mean, that, all you got to do is open your mouth now. I geez. know, I know. Well, anyway, We're, that was great. I mean, listen, thank you so much. Thank I, you. Like, I, I, I support all your future endeavors of talking about motherhood and, Good. and your all right. shows. Thanks. I mean, I hope you'll get back to performing. Oh yeah, I and I have performed a little bit, but I've been really enjoying um, writing, developing, and you know, like gathering up this material and getting to hang out with the baby, you know, yeah. while I do it. So in like a few months, he's probably going to go to daycare. I'm probably going to, you know, do some daycare action with him a few days a week, and then get get back into yeah. performing more. Yeah, I'd be Again. curious to see like when when you get more free time for yourself, how that affects your what what we've talked about today. Yeah, we should do like a check in in six months. Okay. <laughs> when is he getting daycare? Uh, like yeah, about two years. Yeah, six months. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Oh god, two years. Time flies. I man. know. I Keith know. Robinson did this great joke the other night. He was talking about getting older, and he said like. When you're in your 20s, you're on the local train. You know, like, you stop 21, 22. It's like, once you hit 30, it's like, you're on the express. 30, <laughs> 40, 50, 60. And it's like, it's so oh true. God, like, I would yeah. have said that your kid was six months. Well, If you had said to me, guess how old my kid is? I would have said six, seven months. Yeah. Well, it's also funny because when you say to people how old you are, they think that that's how old you are forever. So, like, if so, people still think I'm 33 because the last time they saw me, you know, seven years ago, I was 33. Yeah. So I run into them and they're like, "Hey, so what are you, 33?" I'm like, "Yeah, like seven years ago, you know, when when I last know, time you saw me." It doesn't feel like seven years. It doesn't at all. That's the craziest. Titanic thing. Titanic came out 20 years ago yesterday. What? 20 years ago yesterday. Oh my god. Made wow. me sick when I heard that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you'll be okay. All right. Well, thank you so All right. much. Thanks, Des. That was fun. 59 minutes and 54 seconds. Shit. And I only have to edit out one coughing fit <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the early part of our conversation. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you to Jessica. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, do keep tuned in. Um, I'm going to try to do some stuff over Christmas to keep you guys occupied. 
uh, for my Irish listeners, the majority of listeners. Uh, the Irish Christmas kind of goes on forever, so I'll try to get some stuff up. Uh, I'll be in New York for Christmas, doing shows every single night, including two on Christmas night. I mean, where would you get it? Uh, very different to an Irish Christmas. So I will poach uh, some comedians throughout the Christmas period uh, who I think will not have as much going on during the day as they normally would. And uh, I then move into the city. I, 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 I am moving into an apartment in the Lower East Side on January 25th. And from then on, I will have a lot more time. Uh, and I'll just be around a lot more people. So I am my New Year's resolution is to get the Des Bishop podcast back up and running on the regular. Um, and, you know, we'll discuss the last podcast and all the crap that went with that uh, at a future date. And, uh, but thank you to everyone who tuned into that. Our most listened to podcast, as it turns out, our last podcast, which was a, which was a re, a rebroadcast. So thanks everyone who listened uh, to that and, and, and commented and uh, yes, keep in touch throughout the Christmas period. Uh, contact me on Twitter at DesBishop, Facebook.com forward slash DesBishop, and my Instagram is at DesBishop. My Snapchat is DesBuffer. Um, if anybody has any Christmas questions, uh, you know, anything that they want me to talk about, uh, Snapchat me or Instagram me or Facebook me. Um, if you want to have your question broadcast I guess send me a video and I'll record the question uh, and we'll try to have a bit of fun over the Christmas period other than that uh, spread the word about this podcast and have a great Christmas happy holidays as we say over here and the Fox News people get upset because they feel like it's you know against the spirit of Christmas but sure whatever who cares the things people get hung up on so, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, have a good day. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 